Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. Open your Bible to Mark, the Gospel according to Mark, chapter number 4. We'll start around verse number 35. Mark chapter number 4, verse 35. I want to teach this morning, not too long, but I want to teach good, on the concept, it's kind of holy and it's kind of deep, uh, but I think it fits as we're coming into summer. I want us to learn how to chill out. Somebody just say chill out. We got to figure out how to chill out, y'all. If we act like the world every time we got a problem, how's the world going to know we have the answer? How, how, if we act like the world all the time, when the world, you know, has a problem show up and we lose our mind, just like the, just like the world does, how's the world going to know that we have the peace that surpasses all of our understanding when we are reacting to our understanding all the time? Somebody say amen. amen. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, Jesus just gets done teaching some parables and he looks at the disciples on that same day. When the evening was come, when it was evening time, and he said to the disciples, let us pass over to the other side. Number one, if you're taking notes, you are never alone. Jesus did not say, I'm going to the other side. Jesus did not say, you go to the other side. Jesus said, let us go to the other side. When you feel alone, when you feel like all hell is raging against you, when you feel squeezed on every side, that is the moment, that is the opportunity when you've got to take a moment and remind yourself, I am not alone. He promised that he would never leave me and never forsake me. I am not alone. Let us go to the other side. If I'm going to the other side, it's me and Jesus. It's not just me anymore. When you said yes to Jesus, you agreed to have him overshadow your life. You agreed to have him walk hand in hand with you and you've got to tell all those feelings, all those ideas, all those emotions to be quiet and chill out because Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith and he said he will never leave you. Therefore, you are not going through anything by yourself, whether it is your health, whether it is your marriage, no matter what it is, you've got to remind yourself that Jesus is right beside you. You are not alone. Somebody give God a hand of praise in the house this morning. You are not alone. You're not going to work alone. You're not going to bed alone. You're not staying awake alone. You're never ever alone. When the doctor gives you a bad report, Jesus is right next to you and he hears the same thing and he knew what they were going to say before they said it. You are not alone. Remind yourself in your deepest, darkest moment that you are not alone and let every devil in hell flee seven ways because God cannot fail in your life. You're not alone. He's the author. He's the beginning of your faith. And He is the finisher of your faith. It is the dash in between the beginning and the end where we seem to have the most trouble. 
We get fired up in the beginning and we're all excited when it's over, but it's in the middle of a thing. Have you ever noticed that the storms always show up in the middle of the sea? The Bible says, Jesus said, let us go to the other side. Verse 36. And when they had sent him away to the multitude, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, that's Jesus. They took him even as he was in the ship and there was also with him other little ships. Now, this is important because when we read the Bible, sometimes we read the Bible and and we we cross over some stuff quickly. And sometimes we just need to really read the Bible. Somebody say, "Read read the Bible. They took him, listen to this, even as he was. Your Bible might say, just as he was. Can I just say this? Jesus is not to be altered. We don't shave the pieces off of Jesus that we don't like and emphasize the pieces that we do like. If he says, love your neighbor as yourself, you are wrong if you hate your neighbor. You can't be a racist and love Jesus. It's impossible. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. You can't, you can't hate your neighbor and love Jesus. You just can't do it. You have to choose to take him just as he is. That means he is a healer and he will be a healer tomorrow. And if your friend at work does not believe that God is a healer, that is their problem, not your problem. We are taking Jesus just how he is. Somebody say amen. We are not taking parts of Jesus. Listen, if your marriage was restored because of the power of Almighty God, you need to tell somebody that your marriage was restored because of the power of Almighty God. We take Jesus just exactly how He is. If you used to be a raging alcoholic and now you're not, it's because God took His mighty right hand and stuck it on your head and the addiction was broken off of you, then you need to tell somebody that Jesus ransomed me. I was bound in chains of alcoholism, but God... God has washed me in his spotless blood and now I have been delivered. We take Jesus just how he is. Because if you don't, let me tell you what will happen. Five years from now, they'll say, didn't you used to drink all the time? And you'll say, yeah, but I just got over it. Because we will forget what God has done if we do not take Jesus just how he is. We cannot forget the good things that God has done. Haven't you ever noticed that preachers always preach the same stories? Hey, what do y'all mean? You know why we preach the same stories? Because there's not that many stories in the Bible. They just repeat them over and over and over. Did you know the, 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 the Israelites only came out of Egypt one time, but it's repeated several times in the Bible? You know why it's repeated? It's so that we won't forget what God has done in our life. we got to get good at talking about what Jesus has done over and over and over and taking Him just how He is. If He's the God that gives peace that surpasses all understanding, quit trying to walk in a bunch of unrest and unforgiveness. Take Him just how He is. Where are we going? We're going to the other side. Why are we going there? Because Jesus said to. How are we going to take him? Exactly how he is. You don't have to water him down. You don't have to make him more palpable. You don't have to make him more uh, attractive. Jesus is attractive. All we got to do is present him just how he is. Do you want a new life? Check yes or no. That's how you witness. Just how he is. 
Didn't He change our life? Do you remember when it seemed easier to cry than not because of the power and the presence of God when you first began to recognize that He didn't just die for humanity, He died for you. When you began to see the exchange on a personal level and He began to make you sense His presence in a way that was undeniable yet also indescribable. you got to take Him as He is. If He rescued your family and somebody says, why does your family seem so happy? Don't tell them it's because we all ate Cheerios for breakfast. It's because the hand of Almighty God is on your family. Somebody said to me not too long ago, they said, man, I came to your church and everybody was so happy. And I just told them, I said, that's because we're all perfect. I said, that's because we all love Jesus. He changed each one of us. They said, well, what do you mean change you? I mean, there's a bunch of, listen, you wouldn't believe it, but there's a bunch of ex-cons in here. There's a bunch of felons in here. Everybody's looking around. There's a bunch of ex-drug dealers. There's a bunch of people been divorced 872 times each. Praise God. But he keeps using us. Because it's an exchange. We take our filthy life and we say, Lord, I didn't want to mess it up, but I sure did. Would you exchange it? And he says, absolutely. Give me those rags and here's the gown of salvation. Fresh. Come on, give God a hand of praise. You got to take him just how he is. I'm, 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 I'm trying real hard not get on my soapbox this morning, but it feels like some of y'all been praying. I'm sick and tired of people watering down Jesus. They start acting like he's some kind of a limp-wristed theologian. There's nothing limp about his wrist. He's almighty God in flesh. When he walked the planet, demon trembled and ran, and they still do today. We don't have to water down Jesus. You give him just how he is. You say, well, what do you mean just how he is? I mean, people are hurting, and they need to know that there is a God that loves them. How much he so loved them that he gave his only son for them, and all he asked in return turn is that if they would believe on him he would give them eternal life surpassing the penalty of death hell and the grave just how he is number one you're not alone verse 37 and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full so let's kind of recap jesus just gets done teaching the same day when it was evening time so it's about to be dark he says let's sail to the other side of the sea, of the lake. And uh, the Bible says that they all went into the boat, but then there were other boats as well. And then there arose a great storm and the waves beat into the ship and almost sunk it so that it was now full. In other words, the storm was in the direct will of God. The disciples did not disobey Jesus and run into a storm. They did exactly what Jesus said and a storm showed up. Sometimes in your life, the storms that were questioning, what did I do wrong that brought it about? You didn't do anything wrong. It's because you decided to take Jesus as he was and do what he said. And now the devil has decided to take you serious. 
Because when you're sitting on your, trying to think of three words we can use in church. When you're sitting on your laurels, the enemy has no reason to throw a storm at you. But the minute that when, that when Jesus says, let's go to the other side, and you take him just as he is and begin to go to the other side, now the adversary is going to try to stop you from getting to the other side. The storms in your life do not mean you're out of the will of God. A lot of times it means you are precisely in the will of God. Number one, you are never alone. Verse 37 the storm came, beat on the way, beat on the boat, and it almost filled up with water. Verse 38, and he was in the hinder part of the ship. That's Jesus. He was in the hinder or the bottom part of the boat, the stern, the very back, sleeping on a pillow. And they woke him up and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, now this is real important because a lot of things sound holy, but they got no faith. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Master, carest thou not that we perish? All they said is, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Very important, very deep. Don't be a drama queen. <laughs> and for you guys out there, let me, here, here's how I would word it. Don't be a drama queen. You are never going to find Jesus saying, thou shalt be more dramatic. You're never going to find a scripture that says, you will find me in the drama of your life, so turn the drama up. Jesus. Now these are fishermen, okay? We know Peter would cuss you out in a minute from later in the Bible because he cussed some people out. We know Peter would rip his sword out and try to kill somebody because he tried to kill a guard and he cut the guy's ear off. We know this about these guys. These are not sissy men, okay? And they're in the boat and Jesus is asleep on a pillow and they come to Jesus. <laughs> Do you care that we're going to die, Jesus? Do you even? Let me just don't ever pray that way. Come on, victory belongs to you. Walk like it, act like it, pray like it, think like it, believe like it. And before you know it, the victory that's on the inside of you will begin to manifest on the outside of you. Don't ever go to God and question what he's already answered in his Bible. Do you care that we perish, Jesus? I care so much about you that I know how many hairs are on your head. And in this room, some of you, it's easier to count than others. <laughs> Don't look around. I used to make that joke a lot more than I do now, praise the Lord, because now I feel like that joke might be talking to me sometimes. So many times we find ourselves in the drama of life when he said we're in the world. We're not of the world. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you, have you ever had this conversation or seen this conversation? I'm in the people business, okay? 
I talk to people all the time. And I see this all the time. Billy and Bobby having a conversation. Billy, how's it going? Oh, man, my neck's been acting up since Tuesday, but it ain't too bad. All of a sudden, the other guy, well, my neck's hurting too and my knee's hurting, praise the Lord. Well, the weather's good. Yeah, we sure need some rain. Looks like some rain's coming. I hope it don't rain too long. And all the time, everybody's just talking more problems and more drama. And it's almost like if you don't have enough drama, you feel left out of the conversation. So you start making stuff up. Well, my cat died 12 years ago. Am I the only one? Do you know what I'm talking about? You go to the water cooler and you're like, Oh, I'm so thirsty. I need a drink of water. How's it going? Does this water taste funny to you? <laughs> I've drank like 10 cups and I just think it like tastes funny or something. I don't even know. Ugh. But I don't know. Let me try. You know, it does taste funny. I don't know. We should talk to somebody. Could you send an email? Like maybe a memo and just kind of forward it around. Maybe like a, maybe like a poll. Does the water taste funny to you? <laughs> Everybody feels like you can't have a conversation unless you've got some drama to add to it. When's the last time somebody asked you how's your day going and you just said, man, God is so faithful, I'm blessed and highly favored. I don't care what's going on. When's the last time somebody, somebody said, how are you feeling? And you just said, man, I'm so healed by the stripes on Jesus' back, I couldn't tell you what feeling bad felt like. Amen. You mean you never feel bad? I'm not saying that. I'm saying I am speaking things that are not as though they were and they will come to pass in my life. But I'm not going to get down in the world's little silly drama world. Just because everybody else does. Let me tell you what Jesus did. Jesus walked in every environment and he disrupted what was normal and standard. Constantly disrupted it. He, he did not go and was a disruption, but who he was disrupted status flows, status quo. You can go up into Vancouver, Canada. I've been up there salmon fishing. And all day long you can watch and a bunch of dead fish will be floating down the river. But then there'll be one or two fighting like all get out to jump up waterfalls and get to the next level. This is what Jesus was doing on planet earth and it's what he's called us to do. That means those normal conversations, those base level conversations that everybody's having, it's just riddled with drama, riddled with doubt, riddled with unbelief. Listen, I'm telling you before God, if you stop, if you stop pandering into those conversations, you will see your life revolutionized before Friday. Before Friday. Let me tell you what you do. You wake up in the morning and instead of that list that goes off in your head as soon as you wake up, go, okay, I got to get the kids dressed. I got to give them a Pop-Tart. No, I can't give them a Pop-Tart. I got to give them something healthy. I'm going to give them an egg and some fruit. Well, Pop-Tarts have fruit. I'll give them a Pop-Tart. Then I got to get them this. I got to get them to the bus stop. Then I got to get to work. I got to do all this. If you would, listen, a lot of people are defeated before their feet hit the ground because they are so encumbered with the drama of life that they never stop for five seconds and go, God, thank you for making me the righteousness of God in in Christ Jesus, I have victory coming in, victory going out. I'm blessed in the city, blessed in the field. The devil is going to walk away from me when my feet hit the ground today because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You can't hardly do that. You hit, you get out of the bed and all of a sudden you just got to do some kind of little shimmy. Oh. Take one of those magic markers you can write on your mirror. And just say, don't be a drama queen. And underline the queen. 
Circle the drama. Exit out. Don't be a drama queen. Listen, if there's nothing to talk about, don't talk about anything. Quit trying to feel like you've got to have something to talk about all the time. Just because everybody else got problems doesn't mean you have to manufacture problems. Well, we went to the beach. How was it? It was just too sandy. I'll tell you what. Sand in my toes, sand in my nose, sand in my ear. Really? I heard it was beautiful weather. It was just too sunny. You just said, Would y'all bring some drinks? They were too cold. I just sat in the cooler all day. Am I the only one that has ever... You know what I'm talking about? It just feels like just drama. Just everybody's just got drama. And look, there's some real things that we can share with each other and we can pray about, but you don't have any reason sharing that, that stuff with a bunch of non-believers. What can they do for you? I don't believe in prayer. That is your problem, not my problem. Praise the name of the Lord. My God hears and answers the the petitions of those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Somebody give God a hand of praise in the house. Number one, you're not alone. Number two, don't be a drama queen. I'm really trying to get off this point, but I just want to make sure we get it. Listen, if, if he walks in and, and, and you say to him, hey, hon, how was your day? And he goes, uh-huh. And then he keeps walking. Don't lose your mind about it. He probably just has to go to the restroom. <laughs> Sir, if you come home and, and, and you try to have a conversation with your wife or something comes up, and she doesn't say what you don't lose your mind about. Listen, just 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 leave the drama alone. Just leave it alone. Just I'm just not going to be a drama queen anymore. I'm just not going to do it. This this will change your life. Your soul, your mind, your will and emotions will thank you if you will make this decision. I'm just not going to be dramatic. I'm just I'm just not going to but I thought that it was just going to be so bad because the storm was sinking. Jesus was in the boat. If the boat sank and Jesus was in it, it'd be better for you to sink with Jesus than live on the shore. You see what I'm saying? You're not alone. Stop being dramatic. Well, what if this happens? What if that? What if it does? What if the stock market, what if it does? What if the job, what if it does? What if it, what if it does? None of these things will knock Jesus off his throne. None of these things will knock Jesus off his throne. The scripture continues. Jesus was asleep on a pillow in the bottom of the back of the boat after the storm rose up. And the disciples prayed a great prayer full of faith and power. Master, carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus stood up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. One translation says it was dead calm. We like to fish and we like to be on the water and, 
And sometimes you can be out there and the water can just be like glass. That's what it was. Just flat as could be. And you'd think that would be good. But the problem was is Jesus told him to go to the other side. And I had to look this up because I'm not much of a sailor. I like motorboats, praise the Lord. But the wind behind you can obviously push you in the direction you want to go. A crosswind of any kind, and you can set your sails, that's where we get that term, set your sails in a way that will push you in the direction you want to go. And wouldn't you know it, if the wind is blowing directly against you, you can still set your sail where you don't go directly at the wind, but you can go at a 45 degree angle to the wind and then you can turn back the other way, go at a 45 degree angle and you might have to zigzag a little bit, but you can literally sail in the direction that the wind is blowing. Have you ever seen those, those, uh, uh, those races, maybe a commercial form on TV, where the sailboats come and they, they cross each other? I mean, it looks like they're going to hit each other like, like just a couple of feet and they wound like that. And I'm like, why are they doing that? The reason they're doing that is because the wind is against them and they're having to zigzag to get in the direction that they're wanting to go. Did you know the only wind that a sailboat cannot use is no wind? So here's what happened. Jesus, don't you care? We're all about to die. And Jesus wipes his Galilean eyes and he's like, man, I was sleeping so good. The rocking of that boat reminded me of when Mary used to walk me around and rock me as a baby. I was sleeping like crazy and now you guys woke me up. And he goes, why don't y'all have any faith? And he walked over to the sea. And one translation, kids don't use this, but one translation says Jesus looked out over the boat and said, shut up. And instantly the winds and the waves stopped and it was flat calm. And all of a sudden, the apostles were like this. Peter, there's no wind. And Jesus looked at him and said, then get out the paddles because if you'd have had faith, the storm would have promoted you into your destiny. But because it paralyzed you, now you'll row to the other side. Why don't you have faith? Number three, the storms in your life are not a surprise to God. Number three, storms will either paralyze you or promote you. But it's up to us to make the decision. There are things that shift and change your whole life. And one of them is to decide, I'm never going to pray and question whether or not God cares again. I'm not saying you're wrong to ask God. I'm just telling you it's pointless because he's proven with three nails, a crown of thorns, and a spear that he loves you. Can we all agree? Somebody just say amen. The storms of life will either paralyze us or promote us. He rebuked the wind. Then verse 40, he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it? He didn't say, why do you not? He said, how is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? How is it? How means, how how is it possible? 
You've already seen what I can do. I heal the sick. There was a song we used to sing. It said, didn't I put food on the table? Show up when the bills were due. When the pain was wrecking your body. Didn't I send healing down to you? Lost in sin and sorrow. I died to set you free. So you would know just how much I really love you. How? When he's done so much for us. Can we get in a storm and somehow choose fear once again? We're coming into a new season in the body of Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new once again. And it's time for believers to refuse fear and only only stay in faith what if the doctor says this what if they say it what if this happens what if what if this deal goes bad what if this deal goes good what if this what if that my prodigal sons they're doing this let me tell you something about prodigal sons and daughters Jesus told a story about a prodigal son so that all of us would know that prodigal sons and daughters come home. Watch this. Period. That's the end of the story. Prodigal sons and daughters come home. They don't have a say in the matter. Before it's over, the same Jesus that ransomed you is going to come. It may be in the midnight hour. They may be riding on a donkey to another town. And Jesus just show up in all of his grandeur and knock them off their ass. The donkey. That's actually what the Bible says. <laughs> knock them off their donkey. Well, some of y'all's prodigals need to be knocked off their donkey if we're just being honest. Some of them need to be knocked off of it. Blind them to the sin in their life. Heal them in an instant and in a moment. Ransom them like they ransom, like he's ransomed you. And then cause every anointing that was in your family that you don't even know about to fill them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet until they can do nothing but magnify God for what he's done. All I'm asking you to do is forget about fear once and for all. Let me tell you something. The Bible says old David. You remember David? He was a good guy. He used to kill lions and bears. Then he would fight giants. He began to lead nations. He missed the mark a few times too, but God showed us how much of a forgiving God he is. One time, he was squeezed so tight, everybody around him was trying to kill him. Everybody. And he had a bunch of guys with him. They called him his mighty men. You can read about them. There are stories of those guys killing hundreds of people each in battle. Some of them, they would fight so long that their hand would cramp up around their sword and they couldn't even drop their sword anymore. I wonder if we couldn't take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and decide we're going to fight with it until we can't let it go. I wonder what that would look like. You think the devil would keep messing with you? 
I'm not saying that there won't be a storm in your life. I'm just telling you, there's some little baby devils you don't have to fight anymore when you decide you're not putting the book down. Have you ever noticed that the further you go in God, the bigger the attacks are? So David, he was all around his mighty man, and you'd think that his mighty man would be ready to encourage him. But even they started losing heart. So David went off in a cave by himself. And he sat there and he didn't pray that kind of prayer. <laughs> Carest thou not that we perish? He began to encourage himself. When you were a baby, you drank milk. But it's time for Christians to stop trying to live on milk when God's bringing you the meat of his word to sustain you. Do you remember when you first realized you had to start adulting on your own? I'll tell you when it happens. When the light bill is in your name. <laughs> Mom, they sent me this thing and they said I got to like pay them money just for the lights. Carest thou not that we perish? Did you notice on that day, you did not have a line outside your door to encourage you and powder your behind and make sure that you had cleaned your room and straightened your closet and that you were at work on time? No, there was something that had to happen. You had to decide to do what you knew was right. To know what is right and to not do it to him that is sin, the Bible says. You had to start living a mature life. Many of us long before other people had to. Some of you, 13, 14 years old, you had to start making decisions that, generally speaking, most people don't have to make till they're in their 20s. It's just the way it is. But as soon as you start doing that, as soon as you start taking that responsibility, now all of a sudden you started developing processes on how to handle being an adult. The consequences change. You don't get grounded from your iPhone anymore. They turn the lights off in your house. It starts getting kind of important to you. It's the same thing here. Nobody's going to walk into your house. I'm not coming to your house tomorrow morning. I will not ring the doorbell and I will not come and say, Hey, good morning. Thus saith the Lord, have faith and don't fear today. No, that's for you now. You're not a baby anymore. This feels like a Wednesday night message. This is what happens when you begin to shift. You begin to get to the place where you encourage yourself in God. And then all of a sudden you find out that the storm that I was scared of was actually moving me in the direction I was supposed to go. And my fear actually keeps me stagnant and the only kind of water that you know for sure you shouldn't drink because if you've ever been on the mission field let me just tell you so let me just all right who wants some mission advice two of you when you're on the mission field try to eat fried food as much as possible Because if you go eating fresh fruits and vegetables, 
in an area that your body is not accustomed to what may or may not be on those fresh fruits and vegetables, praise the Lord, you will not be walking by faith. You will be sitting idly for a week, praise the Lord. That's some free advice. Clean water is one of the most fundamental needs that anybody has. And you can look at a, at a creek running and you can go, I wonder if I can drink that water. A waterfall. I wonder if I can drink that water. A spring bubbling up. I wonder if I can drink that water. And it's a good question. But if you ever see water that is sitting still, you don't even have to think. You cannot drink stagnant water. Bacteria develops and all kind of things develop when there's no movement in the water. So for you and for me, it's all about going from where we are, the Bible says, from glory to glory. And a lot of times, the Lord uses the storms that the devil is throwing in your path to be the wind in your sails to promote you where you're going. And if you ask, he might move the storm, but now you got to row the boat that God was letting the devil sail for you. See how this shifts with just refusing to fear and only believe. Look your neighbor right in the face. Just tell him this. Tell him, chill out. It's all going to be okay. Stand to your feet. It's all going to be okay. How do you know that? God doesn't fail. But, but how do you really know that? The Bible said so. But what's the proof? I just said it. The Bible said so. The Bible is God's ultimate recipe and remedy. And He never, ever fails. Number one, you're never alone. Number two, don't be a drama queen. Number three, storms of life will either paralyze you or promote you. Choose promotion. Number four, reject fear. Listen, at all costs, at all costs, reject fear. Re just refuse to be afraid. In any situation, in my house, I do not allow my children to say, I am scared of blank. Period. Snakes, spiders included. They don't have to like them. Bless God, I don't like them. But when you say, I am afraid of blank, you just argued with, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When you say, I am afraid of blank, you just declared that you are afraid when God's Word declares, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. I refuse to be afraid. It doesn't mean that we don't feel fear. It doesn't mean that we don't sense fear. It doesn't mean that we don't understand it, that we understand everything we come across. It just means the instant that I recognize that I am sensing fear, I will reject fear and I will believe that the author and the finisher of my faith is doing a great work in me and he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just don't be afraid anymore. Just don't be afraid. 
Oh, and listen, I'm getting this real strong in my spirit. There's somebody here today, you fear leaving your house. And I'm not mad at you or frustrated. I'm not even being hard at you. I just talk loud because I'm a loud talker. Praise the Lord. But you don't have to be afraid of leaving your house. God is going with you. You picture Jesus taking a step every time you take a step. You picture your hand in Jesus' hand. And if if it takes you five minutes of praying in the Holy Spirit, before you walk out of that door, you do it. You stand at that door and you say, I will not be bound by fear, not one moment longer. I'm going to walk this thing out and Jesus is going to go with me. And before you know it, you will find out the reason that you've been hesitant to leave your house is because God has a great plan for you and He's going to use you to reach other people that are hesitant about leaving their homes. He'll shift everything about your life. I don't have nightmares. You know I don't have nightmares? Because if I woke up with a bad dream, I'd punch the devil spiritually until my until I fell asleep again in perfect peace. If the devil comes knocking on my door, he will find out it is the wrong door. Now, I want to make sure. I'm not super Christian. I'm just committed to this book. You hear what I'm saying? This is what shifts it all. Oh, your marriage is going to fall apart. The devil is a liar. My marriage is going to be stronger tomorrow than it was yesterday. That's all that's going to happen. You're always going to be poor. You're never going to have... The devil is a liar. God said he supplies my needs according to his riches and glory. You're always going to be sick. The devil is a liar. I am healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. You begin to shift the every single side of your life shifts when you just reject fear. Fear is afraid of you. The last time fear tried to jump on me was several years ago. True story. I was walking, I was in a place where I do a lot of praying. And all of a sudden I just felt terrified. And I was like, you know the heebie-jeebies, you know what I'm talking about? I was like, whoa. And then I recognized it because I used to deal with it. It used to try to come on me all the time. Fear for anything. Fear that something's going to happen to you. Fear that something wasn't going to happen to you. Fear somebody's going to talk to you funny. Somebody was not going to talk to you. Fear, 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 fear. Just shows up in every way. You won't get the promotion. You will get the promotion. And what will I do if I get it? There's all kinds of just fear. Just fear. Most people are just driven by fear. What happens if this happens? Uh, Jesus is not falling off the throne. But it's, it jumped on me. And I was like, what in the world? You know, all the chill bumps, hair standing up on my neck. And I recognized it. And I started laughing. Now, I still felt terrified. I started laughing. I said, something good must be about to break out. If you're trying to scare me now. But you should have stopped me long before now. Because I've come way too far with Jesus to be praying those little baby prayers. Do you care if I perish? I said, you can stay or you can go. But me and Jesus are going everywhere Jesus has called me to go. It's a shift when you decide, I'm just, I'm just not going to be afraid. I'm just not going to be afraid. I was walking down the street in Guatemala. The streets are really rough down there. and We were in a pretty rough area. And this guy comes up to me. And he's trying to peddle something, you know, sell something. And I said, no thanks. And instantly his eyes shifted. And I said, oh, I know you. 
And he goes, oh, Jesus Cristo, in a real mocking tone. Now, he began to quote some scripture. See, I know the Bible, though. One time, Paul, he had just set a lady free and all of her friends, and he was going to her house to eat, and this lady kept following him around that was possessed with a devil. Is this okay to talk about this on Sunday morning? Was possessed with the devil. And she kept saying, oh, Paul's doing such great work. Jesus is so good and all such stuff. But Paul knew in his spirit that this woman is vexed with the devil, possessed. And he turned around and he said, shut your mouth. He said, come out of her. And I knew what was happening. I was being, my spirit man was being tested. Because if you really want to be tested, just try to do anything for Jesus. Anything. Try, tell somebody God bless you and see if the devil won't try to stop you. He'll try to stop you from that. He'll try to tell you, I'll just say gazuntai. Because what he does when he finds out you'll do something, here's what he'll do. He starts to try to negotiate. But I don't negotiate with the devil. So I'm walking, and all of a sudden he starts quoting scripture in Spanish. And he touched me one time, and I felt power come out of me. And he jerked his arm back. I said, Yeah, boy. <laughs> I got my daughter by the hand on my left side and I'm just walking and he's still walking with me and he goes oh Jesus Cristo Señor he touched me one more time I felt power come out of me again and I could see his face was starting to get real concerned now because what was what he was used to happening wasn't happening and I said to myself I said Jesus you said turn the other cheek he touched me twice he touched me one more time I'm going to rearrange his teeth just so you know because I got my little girl with me. And he looks at me and he goes to touch me again. He just stopped his hand and backed away. My friend walked up to me and said, what'd that guy say? I said, oh, nothing. You know why I, didn't, you know why I said that? Because I'm not a drama queen. I'm not going to sit there and give the devil five minutes of my day. What happened today? Nothing. God ruled and reigned again. Praise the Lord. Oh, but I thought a demon tried to whatever. Demons don't get headlines in your life unless we give them to them. Hey, how was your night? I didn't sleep at all. Oh, just my whole day's just been ruined because I only got nine hours of sleep last night. What if you just said, man, he gives rest and peace and you know what? I was just awake, so I just prayed. You want to know how to go to sleep? I've taught my children this from the time they were born. You want to know how to go to sleep? Pray. You pray in the Holy Ghost, that means speaking in other tongues. Just pray in tongues. If you can't think of what to pray about, just start praying. Sing your favorite song. Trust me, within 10 minutes you'll be asleep because the devil don't want you awake if you're going to pray when you're awake. Now, if you'll worry, he'll kick you every time you start dozing off. Whoa, don't forget to worry. Don't, don't forget to be afraid. Woo, the sky might fall tomorrow. Woo. But if you just stay awake, you'd be like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for this comfortable bit. You can just say the name of Jesus over and over again. Say, I don't know any good songs. Learn one. Praise the Lord. Come on, bow your head and close your eyes. Let's just have a moment with the Lord before we leave. We're going to have a great weekend. Everybody's going to go barbecue and enjoy life. Remember those who've given their life for us. But just for a moment, just your mind on Him. 
I know I've made a lot of jokes today, but Jesus is no joke. Every head bowed, every eye closed, lift your hands. Just you and Him. Just you and Him. Just you and Him. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come in this place, oh God. Touch our hearts again. Heal our bodies and our mind. Once more, our King. Heal our hearts, oh God. Let your power flow. We long to be where you are. Let every hurting heart be healed. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it now, Lord. For every person under the sound of my voice that has been riddled with concern and fear, I speak faith into your life now. I say those areas of fear, those will now be filled with faith in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord God, for healing physical bodies now, for healing kidneys and eyes and ears. In the name of Jesus Christ, healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I thank you for business deals going through, for the righteous ruling and reigning in this area and this region. I thank you, Lord God, for your hand on our families, that we would be protected, Lord God, that our children would be built up in faith. I thank you, Lord God, for the presence of your Holy Spirit to not just be here, but to go where we go, Lord God, that we would be a great light for you. Now, if you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Preacher, you were talking to me this morning. I've really felt like I've had too much concern in my life. I've leaned towards fear more than I should have. Nobody's looking around, but I just want you to wave. Just wave your hand if you say, that's me, because I'm going to pray a special prayer here in just a minute. I see all those hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lord, you see these hands. You didn't give us a spirit of fear. Sometimes it's in our mind. Sometimes it's just uh, the fact that we don't know the Bible as well. But sometimes there's a spirit of fear that can plague somebody. And if you've ever sensed that spirit of fear in your home, in your car, in your, in your life that just seems to tail you. Most of the time it seems to come around you when you're alone. I know exactly what it feels like. I've been there. If that's you and you say, I've sensed that spirit of fear and I can't really understand it because there's nothing that I have to be afraid of, but it's almost just like it shows up and my emotions begin to get tweaked and I start to get fearful of things that I have no reason to be fearful of. If that's you, just lift your hand real high. God sees your hand. God sees your hand. Lift it high. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command every unclean spirit that has been tailing and plaguing God's people to leave now in Jesus' name. Under the authority of the name of Jesus Christ and the office that you place me under, Lord God, I command every unclean spirit of fear to leave the people of New Heights Church. And I command, Lord God, for faith to fill those areas of void. I say, Lord God, the enemy may come in one way, but he will flee seven ways. The name of Jesus Christ is superior to everything that can be named. And fear is a name. We command you to go and not return 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Give God a big hand. Now look, you're free. Everybody just say, I'm free. Come on, you're free. That's all there is to it. But listen, you feel that again? You have the exact same authority that I just have right there. And that's how you talk to that nonsense. When you start feeling it, you act like you can physically see it. You probably won't, but just act like you physically see it. And you tell it to leave. And if it doesn't go, you tell it to go again. If it doesn't go, you tell it to go again. And before you know it, King Jesus is going to pick that thing up and punt it outside of your house. I can tell you that. Because that's what He does. Jesus is not a baby. He's a king. He rules and He reigns. And He watches over His people. And you belong to Him. He He ransoms your dreams. He watches over you in the midnight. The reason it says that He doesn't sleep and slumber is so you can. If he went to sleep, we'd have to time it. Okay, I don't want to go to sleep when he's asleep. I'll stay awake and then well, that way he can watch up. No, he doesn't sleep. That's why you can go to bed and just picture Jesus sitting in a rocking chair right next to you watching over you while he sleeps. That's what he's doing. Watching over everybody. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Just another minute. Bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. Nothing I've said is more important than that. You've never given your life to Him. He'll forgive you of your sins and set you on the right path. He is the path. He is the way. There is no other way. Maybe you'd say it differently. You'd say, you know what? I used to walk strong with God, but I backslid like the prodigal son and I need to come home. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand and with an uplifted hand, you're simply saying, oh God, remember me and He really will. Never given your heart to Jesus or you backslidden. When I count to three, lift it up real high. You're going to sense God as soon as you do. One, two, three, lift your hand. Praise God, I see that hand. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Thank you, sir. Thank you. If you lifted your hand or you wanted to, pray this prayer after me from the bottom of your heart. Matter of fact, church, help us pray. Say this. Say, Oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe on Jesus Christ. I know He's my Lord and my Savior. I repent of all my sins in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or the first time in a long time, let us know about it. Fill that card out in the chair in front of you and drop it off by the tent on your way out. Also, if it's your first time here, I'd love to meet you. I'll be right at the tent after service. I'd love to say hello. Uh, if it is your first time here uh, and you didn't get a gift from us, we have something for you. And we'd love to give it to you. It'll be at the tent as well. One last question before we go. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, this is the church for me and I've never made it official. Maybe you've been coming for uh, several weeks or several months. Or maybe you'd say, it's my first time, but I know that I know that that's the way it's been for me. Every time I've walked in a church that I knew it was my church home. The first time I walked in, I knew it. I didn't didn't need anybody to tell me. I knew it was my church home. If that's you and you're here today, you've never made it official that this was your church, but but you want to. The Bible says this. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord 
will flourish. You have to be planted to grow. The biggest oak tree dies as soon as it's uprooted. You got to be planted to grow. So if that's you and you say, hey, I want to make New Heights Church my home. I sense the presence of God when we sing. I sense the presence of God when we teach. And I know this is the house for me. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But we do want to celebrate you. So if that's you and you want to make New Heights your home today, when I count to three, just lift, your, just lift one hand real tall and let us tell you we love you. One, two, three. Give, give them a big hand, y'all. Is there anybody back there? Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Listen, God bless you. Let me pray a blessing on each one of us. Father, in Jesus' name, bless your people coming in, going out. For those that are joining the church today, I pray that you would increase them this day. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you would remove fear and let faith be the standard in our life as we commit to not being like the world, even though we're here, but to be like the kingdom of Almighty God, to live by faith every day of the week. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.